Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. These last few weeks have been, you know, a big help for me just to, uh, you know, get around the veteran guys, learn from them, learn from guys like Andy, uh, guys like Nick. They've, they've taught me a lot. And, um, you know, just, just getting around my, my, my teammates and uh, getting reps in with them. And I think, you know, the, the, the more reps that I get, the more reps, you know, in, in practice that I have, I, I think the more I'll grow. So, um, you know, these, these last few weeks have, have been great and I've definitely learned a lot. And I think I've definitely uh, progressed each, each and every day. So. QB2, Bears quarterback Justin Fields, speaking from mini camp the other day in lake forest i'm mark grody it is the rosenblum and grody show it's a rosenblum and grody express and on those days we don't have steve rosenblum you just have me mark grody we've got cubs baseball coming up at 12:45. cubs hosting miami jake arietta getting the start against pablo lopez after the cubs lost to the marlins yesterday 10-2 cubs still one game up on milwaukee in the National League Central. Got what Mark Hurt coming up here in just a little bit, but we're talking Bears right now with Eric Edholm of Yahoo Sports. You can find him on Twitter at Eric underscore Edholm, E-D-H-O-L-M. Good seeing you the other day, Eric. How are you, man? Yeah, talking twice in three days. That's that's pretty good for us. (laughs) Amen, dude. Yeah, I got to to roam the practice sidelines with Eric Edholm the other day watching the Bears minicamp and in Lake Forest, and I said, ah, I had a good talk with Eric. Let's get him on the radio and see what he thinks. Because I know you do a lot of, you know, draft evaluations. I know you're pretty Mm -hmm. in tune with a lot of of the rookies, and there is no better place to start than with the Bears QB2, Justin Fields. What what have been your thoughts on him from I know that we've all seen just little little bits of him, but but so far what from what you've heard from him and what yeah. you have seen from him, what is your very early evaluation, Eric? Yeah, I mean he seems like a pretty confident kid, but also one who knows he's got work to do and, and you know, obviously there's some rudimentary stuff that, that Nagy and company, I mean you heard them talking about the uttering the play calls and, you know, getting it all down. It's kind of a mouthful and you know, what they ran at Ohio State was a lot of no huddle and a lot of quick uh, cadences and play calls and stuff. And so, you know, th- there is a change from that and, and going under center just a little bit more and, you know, kind of relearning some of the basic stuff. I think he was well taught at Ohio State, so he comes in with a, a good platform of knowledge. But, um, you know, I don't know. I walked away thinking that maybe this idea of not sort of putting him out there week one is, is not a bad idea. I mean, 
I get it. We're all impatient. We want to see the kid play. You know, from everything I've gathered, Dalton's been, you know, the, the steady veteran so far, and he's not going to probably kill them at any point. But, um, you know, I think the, the, the sweet spot, Mark, would be squeezing everything you can out of Dalton and, and making sure Fields is ready, or at least close to ready when he takes over. So you're not throwing him out under, you know, in a bad situation where he doesn't have command and doesn't feel like he can run the show. Other than the some of the rudimentary stuff that you were just discussing, and that stuff is for real, and and even Justin Fields admitted that he's like, yeah, this I am not used to calling the the play and the huddle, yeah. so he understands what he doesn't understand. When you were doing your draft uh, evaluations for Yahoo, what were some of the remind us of some of the physical things that Justin Fields might need to work on? at the NFL level beyond the, the basics? Yeah, well, he's a tough kid, but sometimes his, his, his pocket presence is a little bit lacking. Uh, now, the more I watched of Ohio State, the more I realized that you know, this is a school that produces a lot of good offensive line talent, but there seemed to be some chaos up front last year, some communication problems on the line. You know, is that the play call? Is that fields? Is it the O-line, the five guys up front? You know, is there something else at play that, that caused some of those issues? It was a matter of, like, picking guys up on stunts and twists and, you know, recognizing blitzes. Some of that is going to be on the quarterback, of course, but some of it is obviously in the offensive line to, you know, count the hats and make sure they're all accounted for. So it was hard for me to really say whether it was Fields or not. However, as tough as he is, he tends to hang in there a little too long at times and can take some hits that I don't think he necessarily has to which, you know, as a coach, you want to see your guy upright and, and not taking those shots. And if it happens and he hit, you know, you, you, he absorbs the blow, great. You know, you have a tough customer on your hands. But when you can minimize those, that's a perfect world because his running ability obviously is, is so crucial to his game. The other thing would be getting the ball out a hair faster, a hair quicker than he did at, at, at Ohio State. There were times where he had to kind of see it, throw it. And that anticipatory skill is something that is, I think, still in development with him where, you know, it, had he spent one more year in Ohio State's offense, you would have seen those balls coming out before the receiver was turned around. We just didn't see a lot of that. It was almost like they had to flash. He had to see color before he could rip the ball. And, and he has the arm to do it, but that, that needs to speed up. Yeah, and those are, those are some great points by you one thing that we that i've gotten to see and i obviously didn't watch every little thing that he did at ohio state it's really been good eric to see like on a few occasions the touch that he does have on on the deep ball right Mm -hmm. i mean that that you know if you watched the clemson game for instance the playoff game uh the semifinal i mean it was it was a it was the air and water show, man. It was like, you know, it was unbelievable to see the balls that sometimes not with great platforms, you know, sometimes having to throw off his back leg or, or a little bit off balance too. you know, this isn't Trevor Lawrence sort of setting back and having a, a, a bulwark in front of him. You know, I mean, there were times when, when he had to kind of speed things up a little bit or not throw with the, the greatest delivery. And he still put those balls right in the bread basket. And, you know, I mean, the whole, Nagy talking about touchdown to touchdown mentality. That's how he read. He read, you know, deep to short. And he threw 
average yard to distance about as well. I'd have to go back and look at the numbers again, but intermediate and deep was where he was best. They didn't have a crazy screen game to, to inflate his passing stats. They didn't have a lot of short stuff in their game. I mean, of course they did, but it wasn't what you see so much of in college football, which is just get it out of his hand, throw it you know horizontally, and right. let the guy make a miss. It wasn't really like that. It was a lot of you know second level and third level stuff, and you know it's nice to have the receivers they do. But that was that that's where he's a little bit more advanced is that touch and that placement downfield. I think. Talking with Eric Edholm about the Bears and the NFL. Eric Edholm of Yahoo Sports. The other guy I want to ask you about, and it's really difficult to get a read on offensive linemen when they're not when they don't have the pads yeah. on. But but they just signed their their second round pick, Tevin Jenkins. And again, going going back to your evaluations of him. Do you think that Tevin Jenkins is, because it sure sounds like the Bears are trending towards depending on it, do you think Tevin Jenkins would will be ready to step in September 12th in prime time and play left tackle for the Chicago Bears? Yeah, and that's the interesting part, the left tackle part. He did play there. He played at least one game there, started at least one game there each last three years, but overall was primarily a right tackle. So he can do it. And I had to you know, I realized that I I try to watch three, four games on, you know, the top 100 picks, the ones who are going to be the most buzzworthy players in the draft. It's a lot of watching. But I realized I hadn't seen him at left tackle. So I had to go back like in April, you know, right before the draft and, and watch a couple of his games at left tackle, knowing that there was a possibility a team could look at him in that regard. You know, I thought he'd go earlier than he would. The hip injury, you know, seemed to be something that some teams had flagged and got a little concerned about. But, you know, the question is whether he can, you know, and again, the fact that he's done it parts of the last three years, I think is, is very helpful. That footwork, that muscle memory, it's not going to be the same for somebody who, you know, even has all the athletic ability, but just doesn't have the experience that takes reps and you got to drill it to death. But with him, I think, you know, his experience is, is going to be good enough where he can step in and try that spot. And, you know, I think the left tackle, right tackle thing is a little overblown because, you know, you think about, you know, Miles Garrett and, and Vaughn Miller and all those guys who rush off the defensive left side and hit go against right tackle. So that part of it, I think, is a little more overblown. To me, right tackles are just as valuable as left or almost. So, yeah, I think he can. I mean, he had some really dominant performances. It felt like the staff at, o- at Oklahoma State needed to kind of cattle prod him a little bit. Get, needed to get Because he plays with fire. I mean, you see him out there. And he has some stretches where he just looks like a slobber knocker, you know, a mauler, a John Tate <laughs> yeah. type, right? Yeah, right. But they're apparently before the season, they had to challenge him a little bit. And, uh-huh. you know, Mike Gundy had to basically say, there's one guy in this weight room right now who's a $40 million player. And, you know, of course, Tevin's looking around like, who's here? Who, who came in? Is it Barry Sanders? <laughs> right. You know, <laughs> right, right, No, right. it's you, man. And it almost felt like it – I don't know if it was a self-confidence thing or what, but it almost felt like they had to kind of nudge him a little to get him going. And he did. He played had a great season in the short two years, but he played really well last year. Yeah, and that and that message will not be lost on the Bears 
coaching staff and any right. of the the offensive coaches they're going to be they're going to kick him in the butt whenever he need hopefully that it's sustainable from what he learned to have that fire in college yep. but they will certainly keep on him that is for sure um w- one other guy that i want to ask you about is on the defense and that is a bears we're going all the way down to the bottom a seventh round pick of the bears kairos tonga defensive tackle out yeah. of byu and i got to ask you about him because we 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 think Eddie Goldman's going to be in training camp, but we just don't know what's going on with Eddie Goldman, and right. I'm not sure that even if even if Goldman's out, I don't think the plan and the depth chart is necessarily to have Tonga step right in at that nose tackle spot. But what did the Bears have in Kyrus Tonga? Yeah, I mean, uh, just a massive man. I think he's a little yes. overage too. I think he could be like 24 or something like that. But you know, a, a really big dude who I liked him when he was more of sort of the gap plugger type you know you, you saw him try to shoot gaps a little bit and make those those tackles for loss and stuff which is great nobody turns those down right but there were times when i felt like he got a little aggressive so it's sort of finding that balance for him of you know playing like a guy who's going to be stronger you know than an ox and stronger than a lot of the uh the centers and bigger a lot of the guards and centers he faces using those physical gifts and knowing how to win those leverage battles while also trying to, you know, make those plays when they're there. I think, and this is me speculating a little bit, I haven't, no scout told me this or anything, they didn't have a ton of playmakers on that BYU defense in the front. I mean, they had good linebackers, good secondary, felt like the the D-line, they almost kind of let those guys, you know, just sort of hold the point a little bit. But I think Tonga was allowed to maybe have a little bit more flexibility up front and a little bit more, uh, freedom to kind of make those plays. Do I think he's going to be that in the NFL? Probably not. Like you said, seventh round pick. I mean, right, right. I thought he'd go a little earlier than that, Mark. But you know, I thought fifth, sixth was more his his landing spot. So I think they got really good value. A lot of their picks seem like good values this year. And he, because of that situation, not knowing what the depth is up front, not knowing where Goldman is exactly, or at least we don't know, right? Uh, he might be a player to watch. Yeah, I hope he is, man. I hope he's one of those guys that you're like, ooh, he's a seventh-round pick and he's making a contribution. That would be right. great for the Bears' sake. Um, Eric, great catching up with you the other day and today, and I assume that I will see you probably about a month from now when we all yeah. uh, reassemble in Lake Forest for training camp. It's it's a little easier commute than Bourbon A, so I, I appreciate <laughs> that. Yes. No doubt about it, man. Eric, thanks, brother. I'll talk to you soon, okay? All right, buddy. Take it easy. Yep. That is Eric at home. Follow him on Twitter. He of Yahoo Sports at Eric underscore at home. I kind of miss like the the you know and and I can say this as a as a single man who again whom nobody really depends on for much. Like I enjoyed the the Bourbon A experience, the getting and it's not like we're going that far, but it's just remote enough in Bourbon A that. You know, I live in the heart of the city to, to get out of the concrete jungle and just kind of live in my own little bourbon a bears world for a, a couple of weeks. I, I actually really enjoyed it. Um, you know, living in a dorm room, having, you know, Joniak and Thayer as my neighbors down the hall, hanging out, watching baseball at night with Chris Emma at Buffalo Wild Wings. I mean, I'm just waxing poetic. But, yeah, it'll all be going down in Lake Forest. And we don't know yet if... I got a feeling there's going to be fans allowed in Lake Forest, but obviously you're not going to have the same amount in Bourbon A, and I don't know how that would work, but I'm pretty sure the plan, at least, is to allow some fans into into training camp, and I'm sure that over, 
you know, in years to come, that that will expand and develop and progress and all of that. I, but we'll, we're all standing by. I'm curious about that as well. One text here from the two six, a couple of text messages. Grody, nobody's talking about the Bears D. Where is Goldman? Will the defensive line be better than last year? Screen and Fuller are gone. Can Jackson, Vildor, Johnson maintain the, the DB group? Well, first of all, yeah, I mean, it kind of just talked about Eddie Goldman. I don't know what's up with Eddie Goldman. I really don't. Um, you know, I know that the Bears aren't particularly pleased that he didn't show up to the mandatory minicamp, but I don't know his side of the story and, you know, what what has gone into it. So we'll wait for training camp, and I'll try to gather as much info between now and then about Eddie Goldman, but there's really not a lot to, to say. And if he shows up and he's in shape and he's good to go, then no harm, no foul with Eddie Goldman. But, you know, that's that's an if still right now. If he is in training camp, if he is engaged, all of that stuff. So standing by to find out about that. I will say this, as far as the secondary is concerned, yeah, there will be a a competition for the cornerback spot opposite of Jalen Johnson. And I can tell you one guy that has stood out has been the second year, fifth round pick out of Georgia Southern. And that's Kendall Vildor. He's had a couple of interceptions, a couple of just nice pass breakups. Vildor seems like in the small sample size is taking that classic, you know, knows what he's doing now jump. So it is possible that he gets it. Obviously, Desmond Trufant was brought in, but he has a mighty injury history over the last couple of years. I and mean, then I keep thinking that he's the guy that's penciled in as the starter due to his experience. But, you know, Kendall Vildor is certainly showing me something. He's still got Artie Burns around. Trey Roberson's still on the roster. A couple of guys who competed and were ultimately not on the 53-man last year. So it is definitely going to be interesting to watch. You're good with Eddie Jackson and Deshaun Gibson. Um, as far as the yeah the nickelback with Buster Screen having gone, um, now you have to think about like is is Duke Shelley gonna take that next step up? Is are you looking at one of the other rookies like a Thomas Graham Jr.? There are positions to be had, and I'm sure that they will all get close looks from Sean Desai and the Bears, you know, defensive staff once we get into Bourbon A. When we return, we have what Mark heard, which, by the way, is all Bears, a bunch of really good Bears cuts, and and we will begin this segment. I'll Bears. tell you exactly what I think and how I feel about what has gone on with the Bears flirting with and putting a bid in for Arlington International Race Course, which could potentially in the future be the home of the Chicago Bears. I'll let you know what I think about that. That is next on Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot. 
Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. Rack and yak. It's time for What Mark Heard on Saturday Suckage with Mark Grody and Steve Rosenblum. Boy, everyone is stupid except me. Before we get to some of the sound, the Bears made a financial proposal to Arlington International Racecourse to potentially purchase the property, which presumably could be used to build a new Bears stadium in Arlington Heights. And I'd say like 100% of it makes sense, right? Like you get a bigger stadium, more people can come, everybody makes more money. A lot of people who are from the suburbs are the ones that are trekking it down to the city to to watch Bears games. They're, they're just like you could have a Super Bowl, concerts, all of that stuff. So there's really like I can't objectively look at that scenario and say anything bad about it because it's really like point for point for point it would probably be a practical move um, if not one that makes everybody better and more fortified and more fulfilled and all of that from from the fans to employees to ownership to facilities to everything It, it would affect the players the fans I don't know about the media. Who cares about the media in in a good way? There are not a lot of downsides, unless I guess you are living in Arlington Heights and you don't really want all that rigmarole and all the the craziness of having a a football team in your town for you know eight eight or nine weekends per year. And it, so that that's I guess that I'm not looking at it from the suburban perspective and the people who are there and don't care about the Bears. So I guess that's a that's a real potential detraction from it so all of that said like it all makes sense it's a hundred percent probably a good idea hey i hate it (laughs) i don't like it because look i i don't never like the idea of any of the chicago sports teams leaving chicago leaving this great city there is something about it that i like and i know of all the examples of other teams around the league starting with the new york teams that have that are playing in venues outside of their great big cities as well but if if the bears move uh like i said i can't deny 
that it would be good for a lot of reasons. But if I had to vote, I would say no. And it does come from kind of a meat-headed perspective. I totally admit that. I love Soldier Field. I love the lake. I love the, like, where it is. I love the museums. I love walking home on the lake after covering a Bears a noon game, leaving around 5 or 6 o'clock and making the, the hour and a half trek back to my place. I, lo- I love everything about it. So I... I would not care for this occurring. I would prefer that the Bears used all that leverage to get what do you want, get everything you want, knock the thing down, build it back up. There are all these impractical things that I'm going to bring up between now and and whenever this topic comes up. So I guess I, I come from a place of conflict, understanding the advantages, yet not being able to separate myself from the idea of the Chicago Bears moving out of the city of Chicago. I don't like it. You know I don't what, like it. You know what, Grody? I, I bet you would get over it the first time you walk into an 80,000 capacity stadium that's state of the art, and that you were able to take the train to right outside the stadium. Like, I feel like you'll get over it pretty quick. I mean, I'll say this I, I have gotten over the idea of the Cubs, excuse me, the, the Bears need to play outdoors. Like, I'm down with a dome. Like, I, like, there, when I was a kid or oh, even yeah. in high school, I was like, I believed in Bears weather and all of that. But now, just watching players struggle when it's freezing damn cold out, that's no fun. It's no fun for anybody when it's it's cold out, and it, it changes the game, and it's very possible we wouldn't have this list of, of delinquent quarterbacks through the years if the Bears didn't play in the terrain in which they've had to play for their entire existence, going back to Wrigley Field and Soldier Field and before that in Decatur. Plus, so, be, plus, you yeah. know, be be selfish too, Mark. It it'll help you as the sideline reporter. You won't have to wear like four layers for a zero degree <laughs> Sunday night game. You know, dude, there is nothing novel about that. You know what I mean? Like, it's like I have the the one game that I remember most was a Green Bay an at Green Bay game. I think it was 20, yeah, it was 2019, because 2018 was that opening night, which was awesome until it sucked. Um, but the 2019 game at Green Bay, day game, and I was bunt like, did everything one can possibly do to be warm, the little heater things in my gloves and layered and all that stuff, and by like five minutes into the first quarter, I just wanted to go home and cry. So, yeah, no, from a selfish standpoint, I like the indoorsiness idea, but on the overall, yeah, I'm still I'm still married to the idea of my sports teams playing in the city of Chicago. And one other point about that, I, I've heard a lot, like a lot of the text reaction that I've seen from being on the air over the last three days as this story has broken, has been, you know, people from the suburbs say, awesome, now it's only a 10 minute drive for me, or it's closer to me, it's in the suburbs. I grew up in the suburbs. My parents still live in the suburbs. I love going to the city for Bears games. Like, it was part of it. It was like, it's like a destination of going to the big city. Like, people, like, Chicago is awesome. It is awesome to be, it is awesome to have, especially if you live in the suburbs. It's like you want an excuse to go to the city. And I think that that's just part of it. So I understand some people are going with the practical, oh, I only have a seven-minute drive now. But I don't know. I always thought that that was part of it. And, maybe yes, there is some opportunity cost when it comes to 
getting into Soldier Field and getting out of it. But if you've planned your day right, then you just know you're in it for the long term. So that's where I stand on things as far as a potential down-the-road move out of Soldier Field. But it would be a long time before that occurred, and there's a lot of things that would have to happen. Um, there would be a lot, a lot of loud conversations right here on the score before any of that would go down. All right, we don't, we don't have a lot of time left, so I'm going to get right to what I thought this week was the most important revelation in terms of what's going on with Justin Fields. I've left the question on there. It's Hub Arkish. You will hear the question and the answer from Matt Nagy right now. Here it is. Andy wasn't available week one or week two. Does this mean that Justin automatically gets his first start or do you then have to reevaluate the depth chart? So, so, so I'd say two things to that. So number one, as, as you all know, um, and, I, and I understand too, like that when you draft a quarterback um, in the first round and, and, and you, you trade up and get the guy, I completely understand the, the questions that, that are going to come, you know, each day and just kind of wanting to know who's the guy going to be at this day or that day or this, this week or that week. And so I get that. Um, and to answer your second question, I would say this, um, when you're the, the number two quarterback uh, and in that situation that you're presenting to me, then yes, he would be the guy. Um, but when you talk through this, uh, that's where it's like, you know, these quarterbacks, all three guys, just because they're in that spot right now, um, we've explained and I specifically have explained to each each one of those guys that you're doing everything you possibly can to be as competitive as possible and be the starting quarterback and the best quarterback you can be for the Bears. And so I'm taking a little bit of time here to say this because I know that these questions could go on and on each and every day, but out of just politeness for me and respect, as we go here moving forward, I'm just going to like I'll give you updates as we go as to how the guys are doing. But as far as the depth chart goes, this is where we're at with Andy as the one with with Justin as the two with Nick as the three. But all three of those guys know that you need to produce. You need to play well. You need to compete. You need to be the best quarterback you can be. And then it's going to be really pretty easy for us to be able to see who that is and how that goes. And then there'll be a process and a plan. We're going to stick to that. It's not going to change tomorrow. That plan's not going to change tomorrow. The plan is not going to change in training camp. The plan is a is a is a plan, and it's been thought out. And so as we go, um, I'm just taking some time on this question because I think you know this could go every day, and I just want you to know that that that's kind of as we go here where I'm at, you know. And so um, depth chart wise, but to go back to your original question, Hub. If that was the case, yes, then um, uh, Justin would be our starter. Uh, this is fascinating. That's, that's Bears head coach Matt Nagy. It, it's fascinating because the plan does change like massively if Andy Dalton is to get hurt. And you had to ask this question. It was good on Hub to do it. Hub and I have talked about this. Hub Arkish stepped up, asked the question, and the plan changes because then everything that, that they're doing goes out the door. If 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 Justin Fields is QB2 right now, that means that if if he is to get injured, Andy Dalton gets injured on August 28th, their final preseason game, all, all of a sudden, there, it's Justin Fields, the starter, on September 12th, and out the door goes the Bears' plans, which they believe in 100% that Justin Fields should not start this season. So 
it is kind of interesting that it wouldn't be Nick Foles in that scenario. Like, I like it. I Trust me. Like, I'm very happy to hear that Justin Fields is QB2 and that he would be the guy going in. But it does go against the, the Bears' plans of what they're trying to do and trying to delicately treat and train Justin Fields to be the quarterback for a long time at a very high level, but all of a sudden, if Dalton gets hurt, it's right in the fire for you, which I like, but it goes against what the Bears' plan is and and what they are saying. So I thought that that was a a good question by Hub and, and a good answer by Matt Nagy, too. Just very interesting, and I'm glad that he was up front in saying that he is QB2. Um, all right, let's hear from... Let's hear from Justin Fields, because it was, I think, only the second time that we've heard from Fields since they started the the preseason program, and I was part of this Zoom, because really, it com- all of this comes down to Fields. Not what he wants, but what he can accomplish and what he could show them. We'll know it when we see it, so it is important to hear from Justin Fields, and he says he's just going to be patient. I mean, of course I feel it, but, um, you know, you know, great things don't, don't, don't happen all at at once. So um, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to be patient. And um, of course, like I said earlier, I mean, I've been in this situation before where, um, you know, I've, I've had to learn, but behind the guy. So this is nothing new for me. Um, I'm just, you know, going to take it day by day and get better each and every day. I'm going to trust, you know, coach Nagy and um, you know, the, the, the whole coaching staff here to you know develop me and uh, make me the best quarterback that I can be. There's a couple of important things, and that was Justin Fields. At the beginning of that, I had asked him, do you feel it from the fans wanting you to start? And that's why he said, of course I feel it, just to give you a little bit of, of context to the beginning of what he said there. So Fields, like, it sounds genuine when in, in another response he had said that, yeah, there are definitely things that i got to learn. Like he, he said, look, I, I didn't do a lot of calling plays in huddles at Ohio State as all that came from the sideline. We heard Eric Edholm telling us that they used a lot of hurry up in term or no huddle, I should say, when he was at Ohio State. So he has been honest in saying, yeah, this is i got to learn. Here was maybe the best part, though, for me that he said. He, he offered to us that he's a quick learner, and that – that's important um and i don't think one would offer that if they really weren't um and we know from you know looking back at all of his his academic smarts and football like he's got it all in that regard so we'll know it when we see it maybe we'll see it soon because justin fields is a quick learner thanks for listening to suckage express today i'm mark grody thank you to eric edholm and Scott Merkin for coming on the show today. Thank you to the Trash Panda, Adam Studs-Tadzinski, for producing the show today. Cubs baseball is next. Cubs in Miami, Zach Zayman pregame. Pat and Ron with the call at 120. Have a great rest of your weekend. Happy birthday, Gary Grody. You're 80. I'll see you soon. It wouldn't have been possible if we weren't here to be told how much we suck. So kudos to you guys for sucking as bad as we do. Yes, wait, wait a minute, minute Mr. Post. Wait, wait. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. it. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? 
Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.